Welcome, everyone, to the Two Brothers and Another Podcast. I'm Dan. I'm Nick. We are two brothers. Uh, every show, we like to bring on an extra guest, hence the another in our title of our podcast. And we like to discuss a lot of different topics, just ranging across the board. We, you know, It could be video games, movies, pop culture, sports, you name it. That's what we do. Let's introduce our guest today. Our another is Zach. Zach, you want to tell us a little about yourself? Uh, hey, guys. Uh, yeah, thanks for the intro. Uh, I'm Zach. Uh, I am 21, actually almost 22. I live in Philadelphia, PA, and I am a huge Marvel nerd. Marvel. We are also huge Marvel nerds. We love to hear it. Yeah. And that's going to be the focus of our podcast today is we're going to discuss all there is about Marvel, the brand itself, movies, shows comics you name it theories whatever it is even the disappointing ones even the (laughs) yeah even the disappointing ones so uh why don't we kind of get right into it um let's just talk about maybe right off the bat like how big of fans we really are of marvel like what's our history with with marvel you want to start zach Oof, uh i I love being put on the spot um (laughs) no that's that's a great question how big of a fan am i I guess on a scale from like one to 10, like one being like not caring at all and 10 being, you know, super fan. I put myself at more of like a seven. Um, I wouldn't go as low as like a five because I know more facts than the, than like the average person would, but I definitely am not like super into it. 100% like making theory videos. Like I'll watch them because I really enjoy them. But um, I put myself at around a seven out of 10. Good. That's a good, good number. number. Seven, yeah. seven and one half is uh, <laughs> best number out there. Yeah, that's our go-to number. Nick, what about you? Um, you know, I, I'm a fan. I, I'm a big fan. I, I would, I don't know as much as I would like to. Um, so that's why I love doing stuff like this, learning. I, I would say I would love to put myself at a ten. Um, in terms of how how much I, I'm invested and interested in it. But in terms of knowledge and stuff, I'd probably have to put myself at around a six or a seven as well. Yeah. Nice. Well, we, we, um, we welcome you to the sevens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I guess for me, I would say I'm I'm probably a ten. I am a huge Marvel fan. I have a massive Marvel Comics collection. Um, two massive bookcases full of of comic books. And, uh, and like I said, it's like 95% Marvel. So a huge Marvel fan. Um, I was a fan before they started making the movies. So going into the films, I just really kind of knew, I knew the characters, I knew the story arcs they were going to try to go with. Obviously they changed things up, which makes it fun, but um, they really have been doing a great job with the films and, and trying to pull some of those classic storylines. Uh, but I would consider myself, yeah, one of those super, super nerd Marvel fans say the least so uh i can bring hey, a little knowledge to the table as long as you own it <laughs> yeah exactly right hey it works listen I, i've said before like i'm a teacher it's a great connection with the kids that with the Mar- with marvel it's, the, it's pop culture so the kids love it i have little little pop figures in my classroom like it's the whole oh, that, that's a whole nother topic though the pops i know, uh, yeah, I know zach's, thing, yeah. zach's got a bit of a collection as well yeah, oh, there quite you. a few behind me <laughs> That'll so, have yeah. to be a whole nother, whole nother oh, absolutely. episode. <laughs> yeah, we'll do a whole Pops episode. Uh, you guys can talk about like values and things. So, um, but yeah, I, I, so obviously that's my background on Marvel for the most part. Um, why don't we, I mean, when we talk about, like, talk about like what's our favorite, maybe favorite characters or, you know, or yeah, we'll start with characters. What's are maybe favorite characters in Marvel? Why do we like them? Um. Yeah, so so I've been thinking a lot about this. Um, I know I've you know talked with Nick about this before, um, but I've always said, and I'm not gonna you know veer from it now. My favorite character in the whole MCU, I'm gonna say at least, mm-hmm. is Star Lord Peter Quill. Um, I I've tried many times to like think about if I like other characters more, and I just can't. I love his uh, music taste. Obviously, you know it does stem from his mother. But I love the music taste. I love his just absolutely snarky humor because it matches mine to a T. And I love the fact that he can throw on headphones and dance to anything. 
like he, like the opening scene of Guardians is him dancing around while he's kicking little uh, creatures, and then he <laughs> dances around again as he's shooting things and trying to escape from a planet. It just I can't help but say like Star Lord is one hundred percent my favorite character in the MCU. That's a that's a great choice. I I, I mean nothing beats the dance off to save the universe <laughs> from uh, from Ronan. I mean you really can't. <laughs> You can't beat that. Like that was a great moment. Distracting you. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, I mean, I I would agree. He's definitely a cool character. That was actually one of my favorite scenes in the MCU. Because literally right after that, you you hear Mm -hmm. them say like, you know, we're the we're the guardians of the galaxy, bitch. Yeah, that's a great line. Uh, Well, the thing is, like, here's your like nerd background, like my Marvel Comics background. The Guardians, the, the version in the movies, was only created in like 2008 in the comics. Yep. So the original Guardians actually existed in like the 1960s, uh, even 50s under Atlas Comics, which is what it was called before it became Marvel. And it was like Yondu was one of those originals. And well, like, actually, it was a whole different yeah. group. You know that original uh, Guardians does you know, appear in Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy Volume 2. That's yep. uh, the group that is shown at the end is kind of shown throughout, you know, led by Sylvester Stallone's character, uh, if you remember the correct name, Star something. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm blanking on top of my head right now on that one because let me tell you, I mean, Marvel, the universe, the, the, the amount of characters in that universe. <laughs> I mean, I will say the movies have done that great job of digging into the past of like the, the, the whole, what do they call it? Like the sandbox of Marvel. And pulling those characters out like you know the ravagers that they basically like that group like yeah. yeah like that's a great that's a great like you know callback to that group um but uh the, i have the um the comic where the these this group of guardians actually formed it was the annihilation comic or annihilation conquest it was called there, that's two different series but basically it was kind of what like the the theme of um the movie the guardians of the galaxy was in this sense of like this big event, uh, the, the, you know, in this case, it was Nihilus from the um, from the uh, negative zone. The negative zone, yeah. Right, coming, and he's trying to destroy, take out the whole universe. So all of these characters in Cosmic Marvel have to unite. And so characters like Gamora and Drax, who were in the Infinity Gauntlet and F- Infinity War comics from the 90s, and um, Star-Lord and, like, you know, Rocket Raccoon, like, these guys all had to, like they did in the movie, work together including nova and like adam warlock some famous characters as well to actually fight off this thing so they kind of use that as and i like basically their background to build that movie and they did a great job of it um so that's kind of how they formed but yeah i would agree like the the way they did it guardians is probably one of my top five top six or seven you know marvel films that they've made because it was so original in that sense yeah that also sounds like something that we could see though too coming up Oh yeah, with uh, with Annihilus. Well, I mean, and Annihilus is a huge, uh, fantastic four villain. So oh, yeah, he, you know, that could be something that could come down the pike. Um, I know there's been some. There's always like rumors about they might be doing Annihilation or Annihilation Wave or something in the future of the Avengers, or but who knows with that? But um, so it'd be a cool. It'd be a cool storyline for them to go with, definitely. Uh, so yeah, I mean, like now that I've given my favorite character, and we've gone on a tangent as usual. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, one of you want to pick it up with your favorite? Nick, you want to go? I suppose. <laughs> um, you know, contrary to a, a lot of people, I, I think my favorite character is uh, very different than most people's. Uh, my favorite character is Quicksilver. Um, not the not the x-men version you know what you don't like the fact that they made it look like he can teleport instead of actually using super speed or he slows down time yeah apparently right (laughs) that is just that is not even remotely like i'll be the first to admit that the flash is faster than quicksilver yeah and and they made that version of quicksilver like ten thousand times faster than the flash at like beginning stages like he's hasn't even really completely learned how to use his ability to the max and he already can run as fast as freaking time and <laughs> so not that version you know obviously slightly more the mcu version but i mean we we still have yet to see the comic book character quicksilver on screen and, and, and i'll and i'll admit they they 
in Age of Ultron, they started giving him that redemption arc, like, mm-hmm. immediately when they were just, like, when Cap just turned to him, he was like, there are civilians in front of this bus. And then Quicksilver was just like, okay, cool, and just went out and moved all the civilians out of the way. And then, like, from there, it's like, he could have been such a great hero. And big sad. Yeah. yeah. And then they killed him. <laughs> Sorry, that, spoiler alert. Yeah, right? Yeah, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta make sure we let the audience know. I mean, at this point, if you've not seen Age of Ultron, I mean, where are you? But, like, the... um i agree like they i the mcu version was was a lot more comic book accurate even the way that they had to move and like that blur was really cool um and i'm pretty sure that honestly the reason they killed him was because of they didn't want that competition between the x-men film universe and the and they didn't want to have to deal with this whole like same character and and two universe each one gets a twin right yeah exactly so that kind of but to be fair though the difference between you can see the difference between Fox, who doesn't really know that much about their characters trying to make these movies, and you know, Kevin Feige, who like knows everything, and all these directors that know their stuff for the Marvel films. Yeah, so it's like, you can see which one is more realistic to the character, but also as like a just more realistic in general in some sense, you know, so I would agree. I mean, he he was a cool character, and we were pretty upset that they killed him off. But hey, they're they're still teasing that he might be coming back in like the WandaVision, you know, which is coming out to Disney Dude, Plus soon. Who knows? The more I hear about that show, the more like <laughs> that show's gonna destroy what's gonna it's literally gonna destroy reality, both yeah, in I, I, the I, show I and in real life. I yeah. have a lot of notes here that will uh talk about what I yeah. think uh WandaVision's effect will be on the rest of the MCU. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get to get WandaVision to, we'll get to in a little bit. <laughs> so I guess all right, I'll explain. so my favorite character is Bucky, Bucky Barnes. So I actually was a huge fan of his character before they introduced him into the MCU. I actually had some of my first like comics of like, I want to say first comics, but like series that I really collected as it was coming out was the death of Captain America series. So spoiler for the civil war comics, Captain America dies and they need a replacement for Captain America. And I think they're using this actually that, that plot line for the, falcon and winter soldier story uh show a little bit moving forward but bucky ends up taking over as captain america but he's got his demons and things but it's a really awesome storyline but for his character and it branches off eventually when cap comes back to life because in the comics nobody stays dead more than like a year but like they bring him back and then bucky goes off and has like these really great winter soldier storylines in the comics and the actually there's a comic you know literally captain america the winter soldier was like this first introduction to that character um and how he was brought how uh ed brubaker great writer from marvel brought him back from being dead for like 40 years in real life like since the 1960s and so they when i heard the movie was coming out back years ago i was like this is so cool like i couldn't believe they were doing it and honestly it is my favorite marvel film still the winter soldier because they they just nailed it with that so he is my favorite character, but I also, the rest of my favorite list is like all X-Men characters. I'm a huge X-Men fan. I just hope they're going to get that right in the MCU. So, Well, uh, th- there's a pretty good segue right there. You're talking about your favorite film already. So yeah. uh, why don't, why don't we, uh, why don't we go through what, what's everyone's favorite or uh, even if you can't top five. Pick, yeah. If you can't pick one, maybe top five, whatever. Well, one of, one of you start this time. <laughs> All right, uh, I guess I'll go. go um, so, I couldn't order them. I, yeah, it was tough. it was really tough. So I I jotted down, you know, like that. So they could be anywhere from five to one, but I've got the OG Iron Man movie because mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. can't beat I, that. Yeah, it's classic. I've got Winter Soldier on there as well. Age of Ultron, probably just because of Quicksilver. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've got Guardians on there because, I mean, prior to that, I don't think we had seen any Marvel movie that was like that, you know, with that that level of comedy. Yeah. Which also brings me to, you know, I've got Ragnarok on my list as well. That's that's a good one. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) And, um... This one is, you know, probably not in a lot of people's top five, but I've got Far From Home. I have Far From Home as well. Oh, my, nice. Either my top five or top six, seven or something mm-hmm. like that. But I really liked Far From Home. 
I know some people liked Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming better, but I liked, I think I just, something about Far From Home felt to be more Spider-Man-esque, like, in, yeah. in a sense. Yeah, that's how I felt about it. I'm trying to think, like, personally, I, I do have Homecoming in my top five, but I mm-hmm. don't have uh, Far From Home. For me, I really, really did enjoy Far From Home, and I think they did a great job of going into the actual characters and their emotions, which was a lot like Iron Man 3, actually. Yeah. However, I think they did that so much that we didn't get, like, enough fight scenes between actual hero and villain. Like, Mm. the hero and villain fight scene was, like, Spider-Man beating up a bunch of robots, (laughs) which, like, was still awesome. Don't get me wrong. I loved every (laughs) second of it, but... I just feel like it didn't have that full Marvel kind of formula, if you know what I'm thinking. No, I, I, I get, yeah, I get what you're saying. I, I think the coolest part in that movie was, um, right out that part on the bridge towards the end when, when he, when he closes the sense, and he just that, that was, was so cool. There's um, there's like a series of videos where these people edit um, like this really epic music into uh, like Marvel heroes going into quote God mode, and there's like that clip with like this super epic song in the background. And I was like, Holy crap. And, and when, uh, when Bruce Banner jumps out of the ship in Ragnarok and he hits the floor <laughs> and, then he, and then he turns into the Hulk and he, and he fights, um, uh, Fen- Fenrir. Yeah. Fen- Fenrir, I think something like that. Yeah. Fen- yeah. yeah. They, uh, yep. That whole fight scene with, with that music behind it. I was like in the movie, I was like, Oh, that that's a pretty cool fight scene, but I didn't think it was like anything crazy but with the that music and i mean that just goes to show how music can like change oh, yeah anything but it was so it was so good well they um i mean honestly it's hard to beat the scene in ragnarok when thor goes all out i mean they had the perfect music for that scene so it's yeah. already in the movie so yeah. um, amazing when he comes flying in from yeah. <laughs> uh pretty much i guess the castle and just lands on the bridge as thunder is around yeah. him and all the skeletons just dissipate and that and that that's a good point because like, I think there is the one of those inconsistencies in the Marvel films is the, I see I loved how Ragnarok led right into Infinity War. I like loved how Infinity War opened. That's probably my second favorite Marvel film is Infinity War because the way they just were able to merge the storylines together and and get these characters mixed up and do these things was oh, awesome yeah. to me. Infinity War is on my. Did I even say that? No, I don't think you mentioned it. I think I skipped it. Did um, I put six down? What did I do? <laughs> But Honestly, I, yeah. Go sorry, ahead. go on. no, go on, go on. Um, no, I was just gonna say like I liked how they they transitioned Ragnarok into it, and then how Thor felt like this big character. I think where the inconsistency is is Ragnarok is about him learning that his power is inside of him, but then in Infinity War it becomes more like oh he needs he needs to create this new weapon to yeah. channel his, his power. So there was that inconsistency, and that, from what I heard, it's because they were already filming Infinity War at the time, and they were still wrapping up Ragnarok. So some of those things didn't cross over because they make changes last minute, you know, whatever. So they, that's, yeah. that was part of the reason. I guess when you think about the amount of editing that has to go into oh, yeah. a, a movie at that scale, mm-hmm. then yeah, you, you probably have, they, they were probably filming a while before. Well, even Black Panther, I think was filming around the same time too. Like they filmed like three of those movies at like the same time. So it was a lot of like, crossing over and then you lose some of those story points because of yeah you know, personally stuff. i think it became a little bit different while i think the opening scene to infinity were was just like it was a godsend in terms yeah. of just like cinematically done in terms mm-hmm. of like how it affected uh hulk how it affected uh thor and then like you know loki um i think it was amazingly done but i kind of feel like you know the uh, kind of touching on what you said that infinity war kind of negated a lot of what happened in Ragnarok like like mm-hmm. you said Thor had the power inside him and then he gets Stormbreaker and he ends the movie like with his new Asgard and then the opening of Infinity War they're pretty much all dead and, yeah. the, one, and the one other hero that was like really big in Ragnarok was Valkyrie and she wasn't even there right. we heard nothing about yeah. her we didn't know if she was dead or not and then she just showed up in Endgame and uh, pulled Spider-Man by a web <laughs> I mean yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love all the movies and I couldn't have asked for something better, but I just felt like it kind of negated uh, some of the stuff that had happened in Ragnarok, which was just kind of upsetting. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, uh, I, I don't um, know who, who's, uh, <laughs> who's next. 
I mean, I already kind of said my favorite film is Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Um, mm-hmm. The biggest thing with that is it's so gritty and it's so grounded, like in that uh, the type of film that it is. Like the Rousseau brothers, that was their first film in the MCU. And the way they brought that like handheld steady cam point of view with their shots and that really gritty, like grounded uh, fighting and the choreography. Was yeah, everything was practical too. I mean, besides, so besides the, you know, arm yeah, at some points or whatever, but, but everything, even falling out of the car and, and everything like that, that was all practical, mm-hmm. which I just, as a film, uh, uh, as film people, say, Zach, yeah, yeah. we, you know, we, we love practical. Yeah. And I was totally going to say like the highway, you know, road fighting scene was awesome in Winter Soldier with the, what is he, he uses like the car door as a shield and then gets <laughs> launched off into a building, but you know, he just yeah. gets back up cause it's Steve, yeah. but um, no, that was awesome. Well, and then the, I mean, that fight between, between Bucky and Cap right there with the, I mean, the, everyone talks about the knife drop like how that improv it was like improv too like in that scene but like that fight sequence where he just blocks it and he drops the knife and grabs it like it's so real because like that's how you would fight it wouldn't be like oh no i'm i'm screwed you know like he, he blocked it and it was just really you know really intense but like you said realistic fight to it um you know i think the only thing i would say like my criticism of the film would just be that um i maybe like again they always marvel's third act always tends to go a little high cgi a little high like like that whole like the i feel like the third act of winter soldier became more marvel-esque in that sense like where it became like blowing stuff up and like the, you know with like the, the helicarriers and it's a like I understand that's Bay, the plot, right and i understand that's the plot but it was like i feel like you two for two-thirds this movie it was like perfect like the way you set these things up and even though they still had the final fight be more gritty at the end between the two of them, um, you know, it would, I would just say that's my one criticism of it. But I would definitely say Winter Soldier, Inf- Infinity War, Endgame, obviously. Maybe we should just do a whole thing on Endgame, I feel like, at some point. Like, that's just – that whole to. movie is just crazy, you know. <laughs> um, I got I to gotta add on to what you said before about how uh, Marvel uh, tends to do like the kind of last third is cgi it right. just works perfectly with far from home i mean it literally is cgi yeah. within cgi within cgi good point yeah. and there's almost a meta side to that because of the fact that he uses those like drones to create the cgi so yeah. it's almost like a meta perspective in that it's like it's like when you're I looking think... into a mirror into a mirror it's just like cgi 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 right. yeah, yeah yeah that was that's a great like way to incorporate that character into like a modern day oh scenario. yeah Agreed. the the whole concept of how they brought in mysterio was just like perfect and that shot and, and in that sequence where he's like messing with peter's head and he's seeing different things and that moment where they're in that like hallway the lockers like hallway and you see mysterio just walking down the hallway that was like ripped right from the comics it was such a perfect shot that the way they did that um so i gotta give them credit for that um but there's been a lot of stuff in the news about Spider-Man three lately. Just if you guys, Holy crap. Yeah. That's all I have to say. We we can, we can get to that. I do. The one thing I really think we should mention, I mean, we've touched on most of my top five. The one thing we would be very remiss not to mention at the very least is black Panther. I mean, I do have it in my top five. Um, Obviously Chadwick Boseman was amazing at portraying the character of both black Panther and Mm T'Challa. But it is such an amazing movie. Yeah, no, it's a great, it's a great film, and like the biggest thing is the fact that they were able to integrate it. it like it was Marvel, but it was very much like an African film. Like it, it had so much African culture, and you know they appropriated that very well, um, which was the key, I think. Yeah, and I mean so they they weren't even gonna have uh, T'Challa have a accent of that sort, and Chadwick Boseman decided that he wanted to, and he studied the culture to make sure that he had a proper accent that wouldn't offend. Um, anyone of that culture but would also do justice to t'challa mm-hmm. so i'm that, sure that was just like a fun fact that i knew that i was very happy to have there's yeah. definitely people out there who like think he had an accent yeah i, 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 could, I could see it like people who don't know him for other uh, by the way other really good characters and roles and other movies historical and, roles too historical 42 is one of my favorite movies mm-hmm. and you know, the people who don't know him for other stuff definitely probably thought he was, he had an accent. 
Yep. Very possible. Yep. And I and mean, I, reality, that's what you go for as an actor, for people to yeah. be so believable in your role that they think that you fit it to a T. Yep. And even um, uh, Michael B. Jordan's character, like that is arguably one of the better villains in the MCU that they oh, created. Yeah. Super personable. Yeah. And in that story, that, that whole concept, it really ties into almost what's going on in the world today a little bit with like, you know, think about like people growing up in like those in the cities and in this in the urban areas and struggling you know and with their their situations and that like being denied access to resources that others get you know almost like the class systems and things and that tied in that they did that in the movie very well in that and that's why when he took over it was almost like a it was almost like this communist takeover it was like take over and, and we want to spread the wealth spread the resources this sort of socialist viewpoint and that's yeah. what he was trying to do and i think that was a great way of tying in political aspects to it as well yeah and i think if he wasn't such an amazing villain if i'm correct i think black panther is one of very few uh marvel films where the hero learned from the i'm gonna put it in air quotes villain mm. and like took that uh again villains uh dedication and passion and still did it to a different extent mm -hmm. yeah, yeah that's that a great point the uh the like there was that respect between them mm -hmm. like even with the ending of the movie when he you know sits him up on on the the mountaintop or whatever and they watch the the sunset yeah. i haven't seen the movie in a while correct me if i'm wrong yeah 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 he because his uh, father Najobu told him that he had the most beautiful or that Wakanda had the most beautiful sunsets in the world. Yeah, like that, you, you don't do that for a villain, you know? Like, mm -hmm. you do that for someone who you respect, but you, you don't agree with, you know? Like, yeah. that. I think that was, that we haven't had a character like that yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think they tried to do that with Thanos in the Avengers films, but I think there was still, like, they were trying to make him understandable, but I think at a certain point, a lot of fans, people were like, this is still not that realistic. You know, like it, his, his goal he had in mind. Those like tears aren't to, for him. Right. Wait, about yeah, half the yeah. <laughs> and, and it's hard to, because if you want to actually take the two different approaches that could have been taken to Thanos, which obviously, uh, you know, the MCU decided to take one. The other one, and we can just go very quickly into it, is that originally he did everything that he did to court Lady Death, or mm -hmm. in this case, Hela. Um, and that, in that point, it's not to help the benefit of the universe. It's literally just to get a girlfriend, like, <laughs> um, but it, out of the two approaches, I still think this is the more personal one, right. but I agree that it's hard to relate with that because yeah. it was very close-minded. He had oh, an no. idea of how I related with it. <laughs> he, he was very close-minded. He had an idea of how he thought it should be and the people that didn't uh, agree with him, you know, they needed to be wiped out. Yep. That, that was where the personalization, if that's the word kind of cut out. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, compared to the comic, so you know, or his comic motivation, this was a much more uh, re like, yeah, more realistic and relatable situation. Um, yeah. It's hard to make a, a cosmic character, this like relatable villain, you know, that's just so hard to do. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, in, in that I mean, in that sense, like you said, like you did a good enough job that like you hated the guy at the end of Infinity War for like what happened. Um, and even and then, you know, so it, it, it in that sense, it, it worked out. But um, we should probably do a little talk a little bit about Endgame because that was like, you know, it's still like just that that film just, you know, the way. First of all, the moment I found out it was three hours long, I was like, yes, <laughs> there's no way. You, you this movie isn't three and a, three hours long like you can't wait, make this wait, what was it, hour three, three hours in one minute yeah something know? like that <laughs> i mean even if the last 20 minutes are credits it's still two hours and 40 minutes straight of like film like that's great mm -hmm. um yeah they i mean they nailed it with the film and all the major moments all the payoffs were insane i mean every yeah. every little line was like a callback i mean they did I mean, the whole thing yeah that movie just tugged at my heartstrings in, in every which way, like not just like made me sad, like made me sad, happy, excited, scared. Like yeah. it just, it killed me in every single way. And I hated and loved it all at the same yeah. time. Like, I mean, nothing beats no one, Oh yeah. <laughs> no one knew like 
anything going into that movie. Yeah. I mean, well, well I'm, uh, there were I a lot of that, theories that came true, actually. Yeah. With that film. Uh, uh, well, maybe thinking more know. about Infinity War. Well, yeah. I'm just saying Infinity War, correct. But what I'm saying for Endgame, the only things we did know is that Tom Holland was signed on for another Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But we did also, to be fair, know at the time that Zoe Saldana was not signed on for another Guardians of the Galaxy at the time. So sure. we thought she was just dead dead, obviously. Now we know that's yeah. not the case. Or it might be. Who knows yeah. what Guardians 3 is going to bring. Right. Especially with Adam. But um, yeah, like we knew a couple things, but not enough to like totally know what was going to happen. Right. Like, and even like Paul, like we knew Paul Red, like Ant-Man was still going to be like, like no way anyone's expecting him to be stuck in the quantum realm. Like we knew that he was going to play some kind of role and that the quantum realm was going to play some kind of role because why would you introduce that, you know, like without it. And, um, and I mean, it was, I mean, for me as like a Marvel comics fan, the quantum realm and like time travel, I mean, that's such a staple of Marvel comics. So like the fact that they went all in on that was really cool. Like in the whole idea of the branching timelines, like that was all, that's all Marvel, like comics in a nutshell. Like, so that's and, especially and X-Men not, comics. And it's not the first time we had even seen the quantum realm. Right. I mean, right. we had seen it in Doctor Strange. While it may have just been for a small amount of time, it was there. And then obviously we also saw it in, Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, mm-hmm. Wasp. So we've actually seen the Quantum Realm more times than we think, and yep. it's very likely we'll see it in the and future. And it's yeah, it's not going to be the last. <laughs> no, I mean, and be honest, like even uh, the Fantastic Four have the Quantum Realm is part of their you know world too. In that sense, a lot of what they do, they travel in there. So that's going to obviously play some kind of role when they when they bring the Fantastic Four you know out into the MCU. So, um, do we want to try to? transition into all our theories now our future yeah yeah i think theories of what's going to happen fantastic yeah, four is a great lot. transition <laughs> yeah i mean we i think we've also talked a lot about what's already happened right so so who wants yeah. to go first who's well, got a big let me, theory let me just make this known before we start our theories um this is all, all everything we're talking about is all information that we have at the time of recording mm-hmm. so w- what we say by the time we release this, may end up coming true, may be announced, who knows? But so just so y'all better listen now. Yeah. <laughs> or new information might come come out like right after we do this. Maybe yeah, we're the course. writers, who knows? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um all right, so who thinks they have a big theory or a couple theories they have? I think we have to talk about WandaVision first. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I think I think I think it would be a bad idea not to. <laughs> yeah. I want, so, I want to let Nick take the lead, honestly. Okay. Yeah. All right, Nick, what do you think? Oh, man. <laughs> Where do I start? Well, I don't even know because every time I, like, think I have an idea, they announce something. Like, what did – they just announced that, um, I think, what, Jamie Foxx is going to be back as Electro, mm-hmm. and that's going to be introduced through WandaVision? Yep. I heard, yeah. So he's. Oh, I didn't know it was getting introduced through WandaVision. I don't know if he'll be in it, but they've already basically confirmed that WandaVision will set up why he's here. Like, so that already explains. I think everyone already kind of believed that the end of WandaVision is going to be like a breakdown of all reality or something. And it's going to lead to like splinters and timelines and that. That's something I would love to see like done on camera would be like House of M S. Yeah. Um, obviously we haven't been introduced to the X-Men yet in the MCU, mm-hmm. but, um, that's a great storyline. That's, you know, one of the few storylines that I've read. Um, and so, yeah, definitely by the end of the show, all the realities are going to be real messed up. That's probably why, uh, Dr. Strange is going to have to fix them or something. Yeah. His, his movie's literally called Dr. Strange in multiverse in the multiverse of madness. Yep. So it's like, yeah, it's literally the multiverse, like in, you know, in this film. So, and I'm pretty sure they just announced uh Spider-Man, right. Or unofficially announced the Spider-Man, uh, multiverse movie. Like, yeah. There's been a lot, there was a lot of rumors after, cause Sam Raimi is directing Dr. Strange and he directed the original Spider-Man. And there's already been rumors that, to- that because it's believed that in Doctor Strange are going to hop between multiverses that we're going to see Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Yep. And now with this whole Jamie Fox Electro thing, the theory it's been they've been saying that at least rumors are that they're doing a live-action Spider-Verse and they're bringing back all three 
they're going to use Holland, Garfield, and Maguire to do. Yeah, and a, make the villain make the villain the the Sinister Six, but throughout different universes. That would be a cool a multiversal yeah. Sinister Six would be really cool to be honest. Yeah, that would be that would be awesome. Well, I said Nick, I said to you today, bring back Willem Dafoe's uh, Green Goblin. Like that, oh, that yeah. would be such a disservice if you don't do that. I know they've already brought back J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> Literally, it's oh, I'm so happy. Simmons. Yeah, how are <laughs> so they going to explain that? that? It's the same guy in both the. Uh, well, well, I guess it's that a makes multiverse. sense. Yeah, yeah it's it a makes sense actually. Yeah. They can explain it by just saying that th- this is what it is now. <laughs> yeah. He is a cosmic being. Yeah. <laughs> he exists he's a, he's in all a, universes. Him and Stanley are the Watchers. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so that's pretty that, funny. Yeah, WandaVision also I heard might set up that because she I think in the trailer you might see they have like little kids or little babies. Yeah, or something. I, I think I know where yeah. you're going with this. Yeah, if you mind, I, I'm happy to ahead. touch on this a little bit. Go I've ahead, actually. Man. So I watch theory videos constantly. I watch different YouTube channels. And when I watched a couple of these videos, I was like astounded. So the one thing is that it might lead it, that it might lead into is the young Avengers. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's because, so basically also my other reasoning that I think for WandaVision is that it actually isn't um, messing up the multiverse. What it is, is that I think it's going to be created by the villain Nightmare, which who I also think is going to be the main villain in Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. uh, Multiverse of Madness. I don't think it's been confirmed who the main villain is. Yeah, not yet. Um, but, yeah, but I think that that's the case, and that it will be started as a nightmare, and then Wanda's powers will exemplify it to then reach different dimensions, which would cause the Multiverse of Madness. Um, the one thing that's very interesting is, so in the comics, Wanda and Vision do actually have children, but they're created in this messed up multiverse type of reality, and um, due to that and because she created these children in her head they are only partially real and that they pretty much start disappearing whenever she stops thinking about them and uh if she stops thinking about them completely they'll disappear however um they pretty much get kind of like reincarnated um by another character if dan you know the name of that character i forget so uh it's a witch she's in the trailer uh i think it's agatha like agatha or something that's the name of the witch something like that yeah i think that's her normally it's actually there she he's actually uh normally they are actually reincarnated by a villain but i think that that's the way they're going to go with uh this agatha or uh, yeah her name is. um might be uh, mephisto might play a role too mephisto that's who it is yeah that yeah. would be interesting that would be cool to see mephisto yeah and um what happens is they get reincarnated as other two people who mm-hmm. don't know their parentage but one of them is Wiccan, who, mm-hmm. who grows up essentially to become Wiccan, who is a young Avenger and essentially has a lot of the same powers as Scarlet Witch. And then when he you know, finally reconnects with her after maybe years or even days, who knows how the hell it's going to work, <laughs> uh, she teaches him her powers. And the other one is Speed, mm-hmm. who is born yes. with Quicksilver's powers, which is what I know Nick is super excited about. I mean... I'd still like to see Quicksilver, but, <laughs> but that could be, yeah, but that could be the way they bring another, at least bring a speedster back in a sense. When like, a speedster you know, so yeah. bad. Yeah. We need yeah I'm surprised the there hasn't been one. I mean, besides 20 minutes of screen time and a death, but. <laughs> and, and I'm just saying flash has been so successful and they've done like so many speedsters in that. Like, oh yeah. Bank off it. Bank off it. Yeah. 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 Like use that same kind of style. Like when they, how they shoot it use that because like you know it's going to work so so um, do you yeah. think if if for some reason mephisto is incorporated into the film that they're going to go down the route of having like peter make a deal with with mephisto in like with the mephisto? third movie like to to stop everyone from knowing that that like peter is spider-man or something i something think along the lines of that <clears throat> I guess it's a good transition into like what we think might happen in Spider-Man three. Cause like um, in the, in the comics, there's that, that that's very controversial storyline of the, like one more day where he goes to Mephisto and he gives up and Mephisto says, I will, I will get rid of everyone's knowledge of who you are. Cause he, he revealed himself during the civil war comic to the world. And he said, I'll get rid of it. But Thanks Tony. Had, yeah. He said, <laughs> I'll get rid of it, but you need to give me your marriage to, MJ like completely will wipe it from the slate and they won't you guys won't even be have like dating or anything and they end up doing that and didn't he have a kid though too well right before it happens he sees like a vision of this little girl 
and and right before they make the deal he's like who's that girl and this is like oh it's just a future you could have had you know and then he's like what you know and then it's like done and now he and so it basically and it starts the brand new day series in, in the spider-man comics but for spider-man 3 i don't think they're gonna go down that route but it seems like what they're doing because i've heard that craven's supposed to be in it and i heard that mac gargan uh scorpion it's coming back and couple of them so what i'm thinking they're doing is they, a lot of these guys are going to be like sent out to hunt down peter and like in obviously craven's loves hunting so he'll be like the big villain or something i think but um i think that's kind of what they're doing with it because everyone knows who he is now so he's on the run yeah i'm just gonna say one thing that i think i'm really happy for that i think will happen if that's the case if people know who peter is and they're hunting him down obviously may is going to be captured and used as leverage like that's mm-hmm. just that's yeah. the fact of the matter so happy's going to be playing some sort of more than a normal happy role he might be playing more of a hero role which that's if that's point. the case i'll be so excited He's going to be playing a sad role <laughs> a sad role yeah not happy sad it was, it was an, it was sad an attempt at, at, at a was that a joke shitty pun but it um, didn't work. <laughs> um I, honestly the funniest part of far from home is when he grabs that shield and tries to throw it at the robot <laughs> And it just misses completely. So happy. Like, how, how does Cap do that? He's like, how does Cap do that? <laughs> uh, that was great. That's like one of the funniest parts. But um, yeah, no, that's a cool. I actually like that idea that like, I mean, I agree with you. May is going to end up being some kind of leverage in the situation. And yeah, Either that right. or she's going to hero the hell up, which I think would be even cooler. <laughs> yeah. True. She might be some, uh, what is it? The Ant-Man um, in the alternate universe of what's the one with miles morales into the spider-verse oh in the in the ultimate like comic universe yeah 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 yeah. well do you remember uh spider-man into the spider-verse the you know the newer comic one or yeah um yeah where the aunt may from the alternate dimension or no his his dimension where peter parker had died Mm -hmm. um that aunt may is like super badass yeah yeah that would be cool that would be funny i mean hey it's mercy to may she could do it who knows yeah um but yeah, I'm I'm curious because they also, you know, I don't think that 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 post credit scene where it shows um, the scrolls, like like I feel like that needs to play a role in Spider Man as well. So I feel like I think they're gonna because I've heard, you know, it's been pretty much like confirmed in like certain areas that like that Captain Marvel film next film will deal with like a secret invasion idea. And, which, um, which is why I think that'll bring in the Fantastic Four, to tell you the truth. That's a good, really good point. And I think also that that'll play a role in, like, in saving Peter, because it's going to be like when scrolls are revealed to the world, it's going to be like, well, was that really him or was it somebody else? You know, kind of thing. So that could that be something be interesting. Too. Yeah, I think it'll I create just, this whole. I just know, don't understand yeah. the point of like introducing the scrolls. And then saying like they're good guys with the intention of making them bad guys again. So, so I know that like Nick, you and I have had like one or two conversations about this before, but personally, I think that the scrolls we know are going to be, are going to have been some sort of refugees from Mm -hmm. a more, uh, I guess, abrasive for lack of a better term, uh, race of scrolls and that there will still be this secret invasion and that the reason that Fury still has those scrolls on Earth, uh, Talos, if I'm correct, yeah. still has Talos on Earth, is because he knows it's coming and he's sending them out as his agents. That's I, a good idea. I mean, I think that's how he's. That's why he still has. Otherwise, I mean, Shield is you know up and running. It's well known among around the entire world, a lot of parts of the universe. It would be the same with you know Sword, which mm-hmm. is what he's doing right now. If right. Uh, you're unaware it would be well known if he wasn't worried that it had to be a secret. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. And even there's a throwaway line, I think in the movie where the, um, where uh, Maria Hill's character, although it turns out to be that the Talos's wife says something about, well, she says something actually about Cree sleeper cells, which is kind of interesting um, as well. So I, I, that's, that's an interesting well, side. To the, um, I think the pager, Nick Fury's pager, mm-hmm. like yeah. went on oh, auction yeah, yeah. or something. And like, it was confirmed that on the back of it, it says sword. Yeah, oh, I saw really? that. Yeah, if you zoom in, it actually breaks it down and it says it says sword on it. Um, so there's that's like a really deep, like, I don't I don't think they even wanted us to see this. Well, uh, I, speak, sorry, it, go ahead. Well, just uh, talking about, we, you know, we've had these conversations before um, 
all all of us uh, about our theories and everything. But Zach, you brought up last time that uh, maybe this like more abrasive race of, mm-hmm. of scrolls may be headed by Super Scroll. Yeah, which is why I was saying that I think it would bring in Fantastic Four because I mean, here's the thing: like you can have Fantastic Four without Super Scroll, like it works. Mm-hmm. You literally can't have Super Scroll without Fantastic Four. Yeah. Super Scroll is literally someone that just tried to transform into all four of them at once and then became all four of them at once. Like, it's yeah. literally impossible to have Super Scroll without Fantastic Four, which is why I think it would be a great addition if, like, in some form, the Fantastic Four was, you know, traveling. Uh, if they're doing another quick origin story, they got their powers again, or it's one of the groups that we already know of. Um, probably from an alternate reality if they're going to bring in uh, Michael B. Jordan again. Um, And yeah, and then it would introduce Super Scroll, which Captain um, Marvel and hopefully Nick Fury would have even a larger role too in capturing or stopping Mm -hmm. them. Yeah, I mean, I like uh, Super Scroll is a cool character uh, villain-wise. I think I've also heard some rumors and I think kind of one of my theories is is I've heard heard that like Ant-Man 3 they're gonna they might be dealing more with the quantum realm and at the end time now and because there's uh, rumors that they casted someone who might be playing king the conqueror and if that's the case you could bring i've heard rumors about the fantastic four being stuck in the 60s and them coming like coming into play with that because kang is a big fantastic four villain too early on Mm -hmm. so that could be an interesting tweak and you could introduce the with the quantum realm introduce the fantastic four and, and they could be like the people at a time now. They're from the 60s, but they're in the present and they have to get used to it, you know. So that, that Actually, would just be an interesting thing. If too. we if we want to go into Fantastic Four in the 60s, I'm just going to say one comment. You know, in uh, the Human Torch actually makes a little cameo in mm-hmm. uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. That's the what's being shown off at the Stark Expo, which I actually didn't even know until this year. I never knew that till this year. And I think it's like the coolest fact. Um, but yeah, I mean... I think that could be really cool, but I, I really want to go into Kang a little bit if you guys oh, are yeah. cool with well, that. So I find it funny, though, because um, Zach and I had recorded for some bonus content that we're going to release at some <laughs> point. Um, and we talked about Kang. And I shit you not, not even two days after we record, it gets announced <laughs> that he was casted. I got a well, text from like Nick official, in all caps. Yeah, yeah uh, unofficially casted or whatever. But I just, I was like, well, everything we just talked about is like garbage now. <laughs> so personally, Kang is one of my favorite Marvel supervillains. Um, I actually was never introduced into like what Kang was until uh, Lego Marvel Superheroes too, which yeah. I love that Dude, game. Those are good games. Those games are so good. good. Oh, we so talked good. about that in um in our trailer uh oh, we episode. Yes. Um, but it's it's that's when i was first introduced to kang and i was like oh like i've never even heard of this guy before but he just messes with time a lot and i did some extra research and i was like wow like that is cool and you know we've already possibly had a glimpse of uh kang's original city which is if i'm correct chronos yeah chronos uh and which movie was that was that in dr strange or ant-man I'm trying to think. Uh, I would be it, more it, of a Doctor Strange, I would think, that it would be. Well, it, it was it was just a glimpse at some. You know what? Actually, I think it was when Hank Pym in Ant Man and the Wasp was was going to get. Um, when, he goes to, when he goes to the quantum, uh, the quantum realm to find to get uh, Janet. Janet, yep. Yeah, when he goes into the quantum realm, we get a very quick glimpse of what looks like a kind of Atlantis type city in a bubble uh-huh. inside the quantum realm. And you can tell like there's a city there, which if you go if you really delve into the comics, you'll find that the only oh, yeah. one that really matches that description is Kronos, which is uh the city where Kang is from. And one thing about why Kang would work so well with the Fantastic Four, if maybe Nick, you want to go into that a little bit more, if you know go for it (laughs) um sorry i was just gonna say because uh kang's real name is uh his last name is richards which means he is i believe the great 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 grandson so he so uh he's actually he's actually not related to them but he's named after uh reed richards father so he's nathaniel richards um he's he's named after his father i did not know any of this yeah and so because he's from the far so because he's from the far future 
far, fu- like far, far future, far, far, far future. And he actually, um, yeah, like, and then I think because Reed's father is like a time traveler in the comics, and so there were somehow he met like Kang, or, you know, Kang's father, and, and that so he became the name inspiration for him. And then when Kang got older, and he he ended up jumping through time, like, and doing everything. Like the cool thing about Kang, I mean, he's literally been everywhere in time. Like he was the pharaoh that Apocalypse overthrew back in the, in Egypt at the time, like the, you know thousands of years ago. Like that was cool, um, but. Yeah, he's and actually in the comics, there's Iron Lad, who's um, yeah, a version yeah. of Kang who didn't want to become. It's a point in time where he didn't want to become Kang yet, yeah. so he goes back into the present, joins the Young Avengers, and he puts on like an Iron Man suit. There's another. Uh, there's another transition into uh, the what could be the Young Avengers. Yeah, I, I think I think after a little bit more about Kang, I think we should get more into the Young Avengers. Well, because now we've got what two three possible yeah we've got wiccan speed um Um, cassie lang is gonna play a big role they they aged her up with endgame so she's gonna be in it because she's part of that you play stature personally i think she's gonna take over either as iron lad or if you don't know they might introduce her as iron maiden um iron maiden is not super popular but she is a uh, female iron man usually Mm -hmm. of the younger side um, which I think would fit well for her uh, character, or I think she would just take over as a female version of Iron Lad. Well, you're referring to which character? Morgan. Oh, did you say Cassie? Yeah, I was talking about Cassie. Yeah, oh, oh. but no, Morgan. No, that's a good point. Yeah, they could. Yeah, maybe if they wanted to, and they age her up a little bit. Did the kid from that. Iron Man three sign on for more? I've heard that. Yeah, Ty Simpkins, oh, the actor. Um, I heard um, he might be playing a role. Harley Keener. Yeah, the kid. Yeah, Harley is the character. Yep. Um, so I don't know what's going on with that. I've heard some rumors that they might have him involved too, but personally, you know, I, don't know. I I don't think they had any absolute necessity to have him come to Tony's funeral. So I think the only reason they did that is because they're introducing him at some point. I think he could also take over as Iron Lad, and then Morgan Stark could be Iron Maiden. Yep. Um, which is just interesting. Um, but I guess we could even mention a couple of the other you know famous um young avengers um one that i think if i'm wrong they may have already cast is america chavez um, they just cast uh kamala khan uh miss marvel for miss marvel yeah so that's going to be a one that they've already introduced she has a disney plus show coming out so she'll be a young yep. avenger and then that, i and then keep bishop keep yep, bishop's going to be in the hawkeye show so that's a big one yeah it's going to be a lot of him uh teaching her how which or, honestly i'm a little upset that it's not going to be her daughter his daughter yeah but i think it could be cool if maybe one day uh kate bishop then trains i forget what her name is hawkeye's daughter yeah so, I, forgot, I forgot her name in the movie because in the comics like in the main marvel comics he has no family he has no kids that so it's kind of that that's all like a mcu thing i think he might be maybe has a family in the ultimate comics i'm not 100 percent okay. sure on that one didn't we uh but we also met uh i don't remember her first name but um cho Oh, um, and and I don't oh, think Helen Cho, Amadeus Cho. I don't Amadeus think, yeah. But was Amadeus a, a young Avenger or did no. he just? But that's no. a possibility. Yes. So Amadeus Cho, at least in a couple of the animated series, takes over as Iron Spider. Really? Yes. Yeah, in a couple of the animated series, I don't know a lot more about the comics for Amadeus Cho. I mean, I know he's like he's uh, friends with Peter at least, and a lot of times he's either the super nerd or he's like a super close friend. But he. In at least one of the animated series I've seen, he takes over as Iron Spider. Yeah, he he's been in a couple different like roles in the comics, but like one of his big things for a while was he was he befriended the Hulk, and he ends up actually. Yep. And then there was a recent comic series where he became the Hulk, like he is the new. It was like the new Hulk character where he can Hulk out and things like that. So he's a he yeah he he was actually in. There's a series called The Mighty Avengers. He actually joined um, the team in that. So th- he could be a possibility. I think I heard that they want Hulkling. To be in it, and Hulkling's like a—he's yeah, yeah. the daughter. I'm mean, sorry, daughter. He's the—he <laughs> is the son of uh, the daughter, who's a, a son of the princess of the scrolls, but also the son of the original Captain Marvel, who was male in the comics. So he was like the heir to both empires, kind of thing. And he's okay. actually a—he uh, is actually in a lot of the comics, Wiccan's partner. Right. Um, yep. Yep. Um, 
Uh, interesting fact really quick about Amadeus Cho, he actually has shown up in the MCU that most people won't recognize nor care about because he showed up in The Incredible Hulk. He was uh, the scientist that was that let uh, Bruce in by just letting him have a sandwich or whatever. If you remember that. Uh, he oh, got yeah. Bribed. I think they and then, I think in the script they kind of like because it was Martin Starr played him in that and then he plays the teacher in yep. Spider-Man. So they, they've been trying to make that like canon like, oh, maybe he was just in school, but at, at, at originally the plan was like he was they were just naming the character Amadeus Cho yeah to just kind of give like a reference to it but yeah um, um, yeah but so yes. who knows? for Hulkling I think that would be a great addition um one because uh one thing I always I love Thor, uh, Thor and Hulk but one thing that I always thought was that they were way too overpowered I mean that's in reality I know that they, they were setting up for Ragnarok but it's also another reason that they didn't put them in Civil War right because either side that had him would have just wiped the other one yeah. out so well, and that's actually kind of a plot of the comic version where they they re they Thor's been gone. He's been in like hibernation. So they create um, Tony Stark, Reed Richards, and Hank Pym create a, ro- a robot Thor called Ragnarok, who they have. They wanted to convince everyone that Thor has sided with us. He's back, and then it turns out he's a robot and he kills Goliath, and that causes a lot of the like people changing sides in the Civil War comic. So. That it's kind of like that, yeah, that similar idea. Whereas, when it you think so, Civil War Two is coming? I don't know. I don't know if they can rehash that same kind of thing because um, then it feels like a money grab at that point. Yeah. Civil War Two, <laughs> the second one. The second so one. one other interesting thing is that very often Vision is part of the Young Avengers. So yeah, obviously, you know, we we watched Vision die twice actually, um, <laughs> and we know that who knows what's going to go on with WandaVision. He might be back. He might not be. They might just decide to, you know, end Vision completely. So it's mm-hmm. possible that Vision isn't done yet, even after WandaVision. Mm-hmm. We also watched him be born. We watched him be born? Yeah. You mean in Age of Ultron? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's technically, yeah. <laughs> he's seen he's his whole life. <laughs> the only character that we've seen born and, and die. die. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but we we didn't see him when uh when his uh machine mama was pregnant with him, but we did see Morgan when she when she was uh, inside of her mama. So um, that's the only character that we've seen. Interesting. Uh, when they were in the womb. Fair enough. Um, so why don't we? I guess why don't we kind of start wrapping up here? Uh, any other theories or th- points we want to make uh, about Marvel in general? where we think they're going. I'm really looking forward to the X-Men stuff they're going to try to do. I'm just hoping that they do it right. I'm a huge X- X-Men fan. I've literally written like fan fiction film scripts of like my own X-Men mil- movie universe. Like that's how big a fan I am. I- I've I'm read a huge them. X-Men fan. Nick's that's read cool. them. I think they're halfway decent to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> they're pretty good. Better they're, than some of like, the ones we've seen. The idealized, like all rights are under one yeah. company. Yeah. Kind of yeah right but um, um yeah so i'm hoping they do those those movies right and they get those characters right that's huge agreed um one really big thing that i think would fit so well um to fight a new group of avengers a new group of superheroes or heroes would be if um instead of just having one big bad like we've experienced in the past which was you know we had all the other bads but then we had just had thanos who ruled over them right. all is a sort of cabal type feature Mm -hmm. um we've seen it in some animated we've seen it in some comics where a lot of times red school uh actually leads that cabal but that's not gonna happen Mm -hmm. um i think kang would end up being kind of that leader but i think a cabal a group of supervillains would be such a great addition i I agree so awesome i've i've read some rumors that they that might be something they have in mind because like i've heard rumors about dr doom being introduced soon and being a big bad and and um uh magneto being a big bad and so a list of those kind of guys i've also heard rumors about the thunderbolts vastly and doing like a dark avengers storyline because they've been setting up um well the falcon winter soldier show they have u.s agent in it um i saw zemo's back i heard they just cast songbird and they also have um Batrock the Leaper now in it and so I think what they're creating the Thunderbolts which is a cool team because they're like a government sponsor they're like the Suicide Squad of the Marvel Universe 
And then the, in the comics, they eventually become the Dark Avengers because they end up, like, when during a secret invasion happens, everyone blames it on the Avengers saying, you didn't, you guys were fighting each other in Civil War and didn't pay attention. So now they listen to Norman Osborn and he takes over, he creates Hammer instead of Shield and becomes this whole thing called the Dark Reign. Yeah, we've already he, seen Hammer, though. We have, you're right. So, but at least then you would get like a Dark Avengers where the villains pretend to be the, the good guys and then the good guys have to kind of team up and, put their differences aside and fight off, you know, these, so it may be something along those lines too, but I like your cabal idea with some of these big, bad villains would be a really cool way to move forward. So my, uh, my ending theory here, uh, I really hope it's true. Two words, one name, Shia LaBeouf. (laughs) Just do it. (laughs) <laughs> and on um, on that note <laughs> um i i think i i know that nick was the first one to ever actually tell me that that was a possibility that shia buff would be cast as wolverine and when he first mentioned to me i said absolutely not that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard and then he explained to me and i was like that's the best thing i've ever heard yeah. <laughs> um it's i think just more than anything it's such an interesting theory yeah yeah, I heard – yeah, because it was a while back I heard a rumor that he's really being looked at for, for an X-Men character. I also heard rumors about Iceman as, as a possibility too, but um, Wolverine, so Wolverine would have been interesting for him. Although I just heard he got in trouble. Uh, Again? Shia LaBeouf just got in trouble with, with the authorities lately, so I don't know if that's going to be happening, but that would still be interesting. Marvel can pay it off. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, so – well, why don't we kind of wrap? We'll kind of wrap this up here. Uh, I think we had a really awesome discussion on on our, our Marvel fandom and where we think it's going to go. Oh yeah, I'd um, love a part two. Yeah, Always we're going to have to definitely do a part two. Uh, you know, and maybe look out for uh, Nick and Zach's little bonus podcast out there from the previous <laughs> time. But if they yeah. were to- talking about this stuff, so um, so I guess we'll sign off on that. Thanks for listening, guys, and we will uh, you know look look for our next show. Okay.